Welcome to Faith Rising, a podcast about living with bold faith in the modern age. On this episode, Daniel and Amber chat with Isaac Pierce about his deliverance from alcoholism. Welcome back again to Faith Rising. Today's going to be an awesome show. You're definitely going to want to share this. It's going to be a very, very helpful show. Some crazy things might happen because we have Isaac Pierce on the show. How's it going? Who's Isaac Pierce to you? Some crazy things will happen. We already know it. <laughs> Isaac Pierce is my younger brother. We uh, grew up together, and it's such a pleasure to have you on the show today. And Thanks for having to me. To be with us and visit and minister to people. It's, it's really awesome. He has a very, very big testimony, and he shared about it a little bit in church, but we wanted to really sit down and talk about the process. I guess, was it 10 years ago? Uh, yeah, it was uh, 10 years ago. Um, it'll, prob- it'll be 11 this coming Thanksgiving that I uh, uh, sober- sobered up from yeah. alcohol and all that good stuff. He almost um, died, and I got blamed for it. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> well, you know, it was a very volatile time in the family because everyone oh, was yeah, worried yeah. about him, you know. Yeah, and you know, uh, that's that's just kind of how our family is. You know, we all fought and we, you know, we fought each other. We beat each other up. and um, <laughs> Nobody beat me up. And uh, But, you know, it's character building. So that was that was always the good thing about that's it. That's what we separates came the back. family from the friends. You yeah, know, and yeah, but we always came back and we, you know. You, you 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 fight with each other, but as long as you can come back and reconcile and love each other, that's that's the important thing. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of our viewers, <laughs> as they watch our show and they watch Amber and I in here, and we've had mom and dad on the show as well, um, they get the impression sometimes that families are perfect, that we're yeah. perfect, or oh, whoever well, they see oh. on the screen is perfect. But uh, in reality, you know, we go through a lot of different things, and uh, yeah. that's what builds our testimony and brings yeah. us to the place that uh, the Lord's able to really use us. So uh, one thing with you that's so interesting interesting is that I think you're the first person we've interviewed on the show other than mom and dad and uh, your testimony and how the Lord brought you face to face with him and set your life on a track is a huge testimony and uh, it really is going to minister to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so with where, where I started on my journey with alcoholism really is um, there was a couple of times before my first real big episode with it. Uh, that I would take sips here and there, and uh, there was uh, I was actually talking with you guys a little bit before this, and um, I was a big skateboarder, and so I was skateboarding for several hours outside in the heat, and came inside, and you know, as a child, you think I'm going to get hydrated, so I'm going to go drink a Mountain Dew, and um, so I went into the freezer, which I thought was the fridge, and grabbed this little bottle, and it was a it was sour apple vodka, and I was amazed by it because I was like, wow, this liquid isn't freezing in the freezer. <laughs> I was, was a stupid like a kid. Like a moth to the flame. <laughs> yeah, just a moth to the flame, like, wow. I got, well, I got to drink it now. Uh, so sure enough, tasted it, and I was like, wow, that burns. You know, that's crazy. And uh, so that was like my first real sip of hard liquor. And, um, but my first big episode was, it was when y'all were gearing up to get married Mm -hmm. and I was left home alone 
and um we've been wedding planning all day yeah y'all were doing wedding planning all day you know and so i just was left to my own devices to cook for myself which cooking for (laughs) myself back then was just throwing fish sticks in an oven or ramen noodles and stressed you out a little bit so you had to have a drink yeah exactly so it stressed me out and uh uh no so i got in the i was going through the refrigerator just to find you know something to drink and there was this there was a box of wine which that's what all the fancy people would always drink and we were really fancy back then and um so i was like oh i'll just try this it looks like juice i clearly wasn't a smart kid and poured a huge glass of wine and just chugged it back because it tasted great and that just led me to drink the entire box of wine um and so you know if you're not a drinker and that's the first time you drink. Well, you get drunk pretty quick. Was so it pink I was, wine? I don't remember. I, <laughs> I was drunk and a child. We walked um, in and he was like slamming, like, like his body was just like slamming around, like in the kitchen. I was having a good time. I had a little just bit floppy met that them day. all, so I was like, "What is going on?" Yeah, it's a great here? first impression. The first thing I said was, "I won't ever tell anybody," but yeah. here we are telling everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. And you know, here's the thing with that: uh, uh, a lot of people feel so ashamed. Yeah in the things that they go through mm. their their trials their their tests that they don't want to tell anybody yeah well telling people about what you've gone through is a really good way to set someone else free mm-hmm. seeing the freedom that you have mm-hmm. in your life um and so yeah so i mean that's I, I i gladly do that i love sharing with people about those things there's um I, i've bumped into i've had countless conversations uh, with certain people that are just like, oh, you know, you got to let that go. It's the past. Mm-hmm. The past mm-hmm. is the past, and which is true, sure, yeah. but it's it's your testimony, and yeah. you can't you can't have a testimony without a test. And I like sharing yeah. those things because it is freeing. It yeah. is freeing to be like I, I understand that you think that I'm dwelling in this uh, old season of my life, but in reality, I'm just. I'm just rejoicing in the like freedom where I am now and yeah. the freedom that I have now because I don't I don't I don't feel swayed when I see a drink, and that was also one thing. Whenever I started sobering up, mm-hmm. I, the Lord told me specifically, plant yourself around this so mm-hmm. that it's not ever mm-hmm. going to be a problem. And so I mean, you know, my whole family kept drinking. Uh, my friends would oh, drink. I I quit for 21 days oh my gosh, you're so while you were going through this. You're precious. I know. I just. <laughs> <laughs> drink for 21 days. You, wanted, you interceded on my behalf. We're shooting for sainthood here, man. Yeah, yeah. 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 Help yeah. us out. We both, we both didn't drink for 21 days. No, we but didn't. But Daniel we only did drinks once a month. I don't these drink days, much at anyway. all now, yeah. to be honest. And I didn't quit because I had an addiction to it. I quit because it was just adversely affecting my health, I felt yeah. like. And I've felt better you know, since I did. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with people having a drink sometimes if no. they're led to do that. But uh, it's a freedom that you take to the Lord. And uh, yeah. you know, if He sets you free to do that, you do it. And if He doesn't, then uh, some people are called to stay away from it oh yeah i agree a hundred percent i mean also um you know it's can you handle things in moderation because Mm -hmm. in moderation like drinking can actually benefit you Mm -hmm. uh two glasses of red wine is actually good for your heart Mm -hmm. four bottles of red wine is probably gonna you're gonna wind up in a ditch somewhere damage something you're gonna damage something you're gonna throw up (laughs) yeah you could throw up or you know just something. Just I think during bad. my teenage years, I got really drunk three or four times. I mean, to the point where I vomited or had the spins. Or yeah. Dizzy. And that's a bad feeling. I it's mean, a terrible <laughs> feeling. That's really 
So like on a day-to-day basis, <laughs> that's really that's bad. miserable. But what I learned, because uh, you know, uh, when I first started drinking, I was I was 15 years old, mm-hmm. and so I wasn't able to just go out and buy it whenever I wanted to. So that was kind of the saving grace in it. Um, but I learned as I got older that if I woke up with a hangover, I could just keep drinking, oh, man. and that's how I could avoid. Um, the hangover and uh, it was it was I found a flaw in the armor so um, that's what I did and for several years I did that and when you did that you probably didn't even know yet that's like how you become an alcoholic right well I didn't I didn't know what was happening to me until oh I actually didn't know what was happening to me until I dated um, this girl Tessa she was one of the first you know just pure wonderful innocent girls that I ever dated and uh, I went out and met, I went to, I think it was Tyler, Texas, to meet her family. Mm-hmm. And I met her dad, and her mom and dad were divorced. And, well, he was apparently a alcoholic, mm-hmm. and or a recovered alcoholic at the time. Or, I'm, I'm not, I'm fuzzy on the details. But um, when I met him, I was just like, oh, oh crap. Like, this is, this is where I'm going. And I didn't want to do that to her, yeah. so I just, you know, made up some terrible excuse that everybody does in a terrible situation. She's like, ah, I don't think the Lord's calling us to be together. It's not you, it's me. Yeah. Um, you're, you look fat, and then she just was she. You told her she looked fat. No, I didn't. I, I had <laughs> more. Over. I had more sense than that. I didn't have a death wish uh, until later on in my life, but. Um, no, so then we broke up because that's when I realized, oh, man, I know what I'm becoming now, and this is not good. But mm. I was already in it, yeah. and so I didn't know how to get out of it. I yeah. didn't know how to, you know, I had no shovel strong enough to dig myself out of the hole that I created for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I, I just kept drinking. I drank for several years. I drank from 15 to about 22 years old. That's when I finally... That's when I finally just started. That's when the Lord really started doing things yeah. with me. It was, uh, I, I had reached the end of it. Uh, I couldn't take it much more. Mm-hmm. I had a, um, I had attempted suicide or technically I think I successfully pulled it off because I was, uh, I think I was deceased or unresponsive that's the word mm. they use for about five re- to seven minutes i remember yeah. that now yeah yeah that was so traumatic yeah for everybody. it was terrifying uh but then you know even after that even being in the hospital um you know going through all those things so i was in there for about three days mm-hmm. and didn't move at all i mean i was hooked up like a battery and uh yeah, it was it was pretty scary. It must have been terrifying for my family and, you know, my mom and my dad and, you know. Well, uh, all of us, Amber and I remember, you know, when all of that happened. And yeah, yeah. And with it, but see, that's what a lot of addicts, but just people who have just any kind of addiction, mm-hmm. they don't know what it does to the people in their circle. Because yeah. everybody's just like, well, it's my, it's my life. I can mm-hmm. do what I want. Mm-hmm. And you can, but you have to you need to know what it's going to do to the other people around you because mm-hmm. once you start getting that and thinking about it and having because I, I started getting visions of just how it must have been to my mother mm-hmm. and it was just and it was just overwhelming for me yeah so um but yeah you know and 
And the next thing is, is I, 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 don't, I, I find joy in talking about these things. And I love talking about it because it just shows how, number one, how awesome the Lord is because how he can move in somebody mm-hmm. that is so broken yeah. and messed up. You know, because I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no such thing as coincidence. Um, there's no such thing as luck. One of my favorite movies is Star Wars, and in it, Obi-Wan says, in my experience, there's no such thing as luck. And that, and so all those things, because I've, I've talked to so many people, and they're just like, well, it didn't have to happen that way. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, and that's fine, mm-hmm. and everybody has their own opinion. But from where I stand, you know, what what would have happened if I didn't take that drink? Mm-hmm. You know, how, where would my life have gone? So you can you can just start kind of analyzing it. And it's not over analyzing it. It's just well, maybe if I didn't take that drink, then I never would have been the person that I was to cause my wife when I first met her when I was yeah. eighteen to reject me. Yeah. Well, and in that rejection, it gave me a tenacity to overcome the rejection yeah. and then through that gaining the tenacity gave me the strength to overcome that addiction whenever yeah. I decided to quit drinking and, yeah. in, and in that now I have two wonderful kids I have a great wife um, you know I have this life that the Lord has just blessed me entirely and it makes me think of uh, James chapter 1 verse mm-hmm. 3 through 4 um, when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow mm-hmm. so let it grow because when your endurance is fully developed it uh you are perfect and complete needing nothing um and so that's just that's just the things that you go through and it goes back to the character building thing mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff is really character building mm-hmm. you know you you just plow forward you know you don't fixate too much on what's going on at the present time and just be like this is the worst it's ever gonna get no it's not yeah it's not the worst it's I, ever I gonna remember get. you came to me one day because you just jack had done your our family doctor had done your your blood work and you mm-hmm. came to me and you said i'm gonna die yeah there's nothing i can do i'm gonna die and i was yeah. like there's always a way oh yeah there's always a way and the lord can make a way yeah i was he told me that i was on the way to become uh have uh, cirrhosis of the liver mm-hmm. he said my liver counts were just terrible um he was just like if you don't change something right now mm-hmm. it's you probably don't have but a couple of years left and i was just like well i can't I can't change. I don't know how to stop. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so finally, finally after I turned 21, you know, I, then I could get it all freely. I was just like, oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, now it's on. Floodgates. Now it's a party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. But I got to this point where I just reeked of it constantly. My, uh, I, I just looked like a walking corpse. Yeah, you did. Um, and so my mom was like, you, we, you've got to go to rehab. Mm-hmm. You just got to do it. And I was like, I, I really don't want to, but I respected my mother. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll go. And so she loads me up in the car, hadn't drank anything all day, and uh, get into the rehab center. And they were like, okay, before we admit you, we have to take your blood alcohol content, and you have to do a breathalyzer. Well, the breathalyzer just blew hot. It didn't read anything, so they had to take me to the ER. Um, and that is kind of where the sobriety started mm. because they had to give me these pills to help me come off of the alcohol because mm. otherwise I would have gone through massive withdrawals and mm. could have gone into cardiac arrest, um, which Jack, my doctor, 
got really mad at me whenever he found out that I quit it cold turkey. Um, but he was, uh, but so they gave me these pills, and they're supposed to make you feel like you're drinking, but you're mm-hmm. not drinking. So there's all this stuff. Went about a month of that, and then had a relapse, and then uh, sobered up again. Had another relapse. Sobered up, relapse. So I was just, it was just a mess. Um, but in it, the Lord kept His hand on me, and He didn't let me get too far out of my boundaries. And He had a plan, and He knew exactly where I was. That's the thing. He always knew where I was. Mm. He wasn't going to let me get too far out of the realm. I mean, He was going to correct me when I was wrong and if I did something entirely stupid. But He's a merciful, loving God, and He's not going to punish you. And so there's that grace thing that started mm. really kicking in with my life on a different level. Mm that I didn't know and um, that I didn't know of. And so one of the last days that I drank, it was this week-long bender. It was miserable. I mean, I was, I was drunk every single day. I mean, like, drunk, drunk. Were you, like, um, waking up and drinking? And- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I'd been doing that for for the last four or five years of my life. Wow. But this, this, la- this one mm-hmm. last, like, big bender, it was just, it was the worst I ever felt. And I was like, I'm going to wind up back in the hospital again because I wasn't, I wasn't really peeing mm-hmm. or anything like that. Oh Sorry if goodness. that was too much. I mean, <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes it happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's scary. Yeah, it's terrifying. But, uh, <laughs> um, so it's like, where was the, I mean, where was the liquid that you were drinking being stored up? Yeah, to, to just all just in my in blood there. cells or something oh. like that. I'm not even too sure how all that works. But the last one of the last days, I was just like, you know what? Because I wanted to, I wanted to die. I was sick of it because the attempted suicide didn't work. And then I was just like, okay, but I got to have a reason to do it. So it's mm-hmm. justified. My brain was a crazy place. Um, so I got, I went out to Jacob's Liquor, got a bottle of vodka, and I was just driving through town, just drinking it, running red lights, going over, just, just being the absolute most reckless person that you could possibly imagine. Yeah. And I was like, when a cop finally catches me, I'm going to drive, I'm going to take off my seatbelt and drive head straight into a telephone pole and be ejected from my car. I'm not going to feel a thing. So I did that for about 30, 45 minutes. I was like, I don't know why a cop's not. This doesn't make any sense. And I'm just driving around, being crazy, Mm -hmm. cutting people off. And uh, finally, get. I was just like, this this is not happening. It's this is this is unfair. You know, it was was so stupid. It was so so stupid how to. It was bizarre how I looked at it and get home, passed out, wake up, and um, there was blood on me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I, I hit something. So my, my mind, first thing I thought of was I hit somebody. Mm-hmm. I hit somebody in my truck, and I dumped them or something like that. But it all came from me. I was, I was coughing up blood during the night. But when I walked outside, it was Sunday. I was going to go to church and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I walked outside and saw this cop car at the end of the street just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that cop car's never there. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me, and he showed me every single thing that I did the night before mm-hmm. and revealed that there was a cop that was following me home, and he just followed me. He didn't flash his lights. He didn't do anything like that. He just followed me home, and 
basically just like a kind of a garden guardian angel kind of thing and he was waiting for me to get in my truck in the morning Mm because then he was going to pull me over um so it's just kind of weird how all these things you know happen and um and i've had run-ins with the law and all this stuff and the lord appeared to me with huge aspects of grace in that and it's it's one of those things that I've carried on that I'm like grace isn't just for the deserving and the desirable grace mm-hmm. is for the beaten down it's for the broken it's for the it's for the bruised it's for the people who think that they don't deserve it that's when grace really is going to come in mm-hmm. and totally reveal itself in such a huge capacity that you're just overwhelmed yeah. and you don't know what to do so after all that, I was just like, oh my God, I I finally could see who I was and who I was being. And after that, I just like hit my knees and I was like, I need help. Mm-hmm. And th- that was really the first time that I asked for it. Because mm-hmm. before that, I didn't want to let go of drinking because mm-hmm. that was kind of like my first love. Yeah. And, um, and I just didn't want to let it go. But that day, I, I was just like, God, I need... I need help. Mm. I need guidance. I need you. So you hit rock bottom. I finally hit rock yeah. bottom. Yeah. I was falling for a really long time. Finally got there. Yeah. But, and hitting rock bottom really is, isn't a bad thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, because you have a calling and you have a plan and a purpose over your life. So yeah. hitting rock bottom, sometimes being stripped of everything you think you are is when the Lord can really do something great with you. Yeah. Wow. You know, you had said that it took a really lo- long time for you to get to that place to hit rock bottom. Uh, but in our minds, the rest of the family, it really wasn't that long. Yeah. I mean, we started, we watched all this started with you around what, 15 years old or yeah. so. And then when was it that uh, you had the major collapse where they had to take you to the hospital? I think that was 21, 21. I think so, yeah. And then how long from that point to when you really got delivered from alcohol? Yeah, it was just about a year. So it was really only six or seven years during yeah. that part yeah. of your life. And you went down such a dark road between that first drink and uh, when the Lord really delivered you in such a short period of time. And that was what I saw. And that's what I experienced through the whole thing. Because I was in law enforcement at the time and my head was somewhere else. And uh, I probably wasn't there for you as much as I should have been during that yeah. period of time. Uh, but I was concerned and I was praying for you. Yeah. And the world that I lived in, I saw people going through uh, this type of thing routinely and many of them didn't make it out. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's what impressed me as being such a miracle in your life that the Lord uh, brought you to that place where he stopped you and redirected your future. And I look at that as uh, the lifting of a generational curse in our family. Yeah. Uh, Dad's father lost his life due to addictions and yep. alcoholism. And uh, I think all of our viewers really can uh, can identify with this because at some point we've all had to face some kind of addiction. Yeah. Every single Everybody person. Does. And understanding that and how that operates in your life, but also also how God can use that as a tool in your life to bring you to the place that you're supposed to be yeah. is really important. And it may be a horrible life-threatening addiction. God mm-hmm. has the power for that. Yeah, he has he the sure ability does. to change that in your life. Uh, that we have a lot of people that pray that have kids or grandkids that are going through those things. And like I said earlier, a lot of people just don't think ministry families go through this kind of stuff. Yeah. I've, we've oh, yeah, we were several, a mess. Several families have that have gone through <laughs> issues with... Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> that have gone through issues with... Uh, you know, addiction and, and uh, different things.
things and not walking with the Lord during periods of life. I didn't walk with the Lord during my teenage years. I yeah. had a four or five year period where I got way out there. Uh, my issues were not as much to do with addiction, but um, I broke the law. I did things I wasn't supposed to be doing. I certainly wasn't following the Lord during that period sure. of my life. But uh, he finds that key moment to, to turn us around. And uh, we were just discussing on the, the show earlier today, grace how the Lord shows us grace in those moments to mm-hmm. his people. He shows his people grace, those who are marked for his kingdom. And um, no matter what we've gone through or how hard it's gotten or how dark it's gotten, he can turn that around. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I thought, I, I always thought that that was just like the worst that it was going to get. And, you know, just like, oh my gosh, well, I've, I've seen it all now. Being dead for five minutes is about yeah. as bad as it gets. Yeah. Well, well, and, I mean, you know, <laughs> and the things that you see when, when that happens and, you know, uh, to, to all the people that think that, you know, cause there is a lot of people that don't believe in heaven. There's a lot of people, but then there's equally as many people that don't believe in heaven, but they believe in hell. We never it's, asked I've always you this. found that real interesting, by Wait, the way. It's so weird, isn't it? I never asked you this. But did you, and maybe I know, but like, did you have any kind of like experience like while you were out? A hundred percent. So, um, it was uh, while I was gone now, five or six minutes, like dead. Yeah. Five or six minutes dead. Um, I was, I remember vividly. I was, it was just this stone path and it was kind of like the threshing floor out there, how it's Mm -hmm. going up to the cross. Yeah. But it was just a stone path and I was walking up and there was this person at the end of it. And so automatically I knew who it was, you know, I was just like, okay, this is, you know, this this is Jesus, you know, this is bad. That's the man uh over there. (laughs) I was just like, it worked. Um, (laughs) and, uh, but to my left, there was, there was just kind of like a desert thing and to my right there was just kind of like an a, an open field and I was just like okay so I just kept walking and uh the desert on the left as I kept walking the desert on the left uh started becoming even more barren like more barren than just mm-hmm. a regular desert and it uh, you could see like the cracks in the ground and um there was just dead twigs it was just death on that side and on the other side uh the field started turning into this it just looked like paradise i don't really know how to explain it there was this huge tree and there was this river but uh like the grass in the river was just flowing like there was a breeze going through it and so finally i get to the person at the end and like, I didn't have words. I had no words whatsoever. I didn't know what to say. And I thought it was a hallucination or a dream. And so he turns and looks at me. He was just like, well, this is what I have for you. This is where you're headed. Mm-hmm. And really what, what that was to me, it wasn't, it wasn't like a heaven or hell thing. It was a, you're going to miss out on the kingdom aspect. But I want you to receive kingdom, mm-hmm. you know. And... um so I was just like, what can I do? It was a, and that's when I woke up. I woke up with a tube shoved down my throat or something like that. I, uh, I was in a hospital. I was freaking out. I was panicking, all, all these things. Um, and the only thing that I remember was Keith acting a fool and screaming and hollering. And I don't think he claims he, does, he didn't punch uh, the doctor. <laughs> but, you know could have <laughs> oh my probably did <laughs> i'm almost 100 percent. there was certain. a lot of emotions going on there was a lot of emotions and uh you know and some but see all of all of these stories um 
when I'm not sharing it in a more you know serious fashion, there are so many funny aspects to it, really, because I'm a silver lining kind of person. Mm-hmm. I don't like to look at just doom and gloom, mm-hmm. and also my name is Isaac, so yeah. it means laughter. I'm yeah. going to take those bad situations and try and turn it around for good. It was like the uh, the lady at the hospital that goes through and prays for everybody at the hospital. She came yeah. up. She came into my room finally. I'm on drugs to try and <laughs> level me out and uh, try and not feel whatever I was feeling. And my friend Chris Tuya was in the um, room with me, seeing me. And she walks in. She was like, would you like me to pray for you? And I just, there was something off about her. Like, I didn't like it. And I was like, no. <laughs> no, I'm good. And she was like, are you sure? It's just a quick prayer. I was like, I, I appreciate that, but no. I'll pass. And she was like, okay, well, God bless you. I was like, thank you, you too. Walks out. And my friend Chris was like, why didn't you want her to pray for you, man? Like, not doing that well. I was just like, no, I love it when people pray for me. I just didn't want her to do it. <laughs> she had just something about her. Um, so your discernment was working even though you were really out of it. Yeah, so that's good. <laughs> the Lord works in mysterious ways, and that was one of them. Yeah. Uh, the psychiatrist that came in that was trying to get, you know, I think Dad to sign off to let him take me. And Dad wouldn't do it. Let them take you. To the like the psych ward oh, because apparently gotcha. oh, I, was, I was I was yeah. I was wacky or something yeah. which you know maybe well, maybe, was, maybe I, I am but no, I'm fun kind of wacky they were, he was scared you'd get stuck there yeah and well and like, I think that's well and he <laughs> totally looked like a demon to me so I was just staring at him your dad no 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 not dad <laughs> oh the psych ward guy yeah not dad I probably <laughs> um but uh this guy was talking to me and yeah. uh you know finally you know dad was in I think he was in the room or um but he was just like, you know, you need to, you, I'm, I'm going to be taking you with me. And I just looked at him and I was just like, let me tell you something. Once you get me out of here, I'm going to sober up and I'm going to make your life a living hell. <laughs> I was like, you think you want to take me now? You're going to give me right back. And so, long story short, he didn't take me. Um, but yeah, and even dad, you know, he, uh, you know, he walked in there one minute and he just looked at me and was like, well... I hope you're happy. And I'm just sitting there like, eh. Your dad was so... And he was like, look what you've done. Sometimes that's what you have to say in the face of hell. You're going to give me back. In the same day, your dad told me that it was all my fault. And you know what? He didn't even buy you the alcohol, man. Yeah. And uh, you know what? But hey, he knew he he had such faith in me yeah. that the and he had such faith in the Lord that the Lord was going to pull me through it, and that's what I always look at with him, and because he's been um, he's been this person in my life. Where mm-hmm. now, growing up, me and him didn't see eye to eye. Yeah. We didn't have the best relationship. Uh, but as I got older, I learned to respect him highly mm-hmm. and. Uh, even now, I mean, all the things that he does, and I was always mad at him as a kid because I was like, you know, because he, he was away all the time. And I was like, oh, you know, my dad's always away. He's, oh, missed my birthday. He's this, he's that, and kind of resented him for a while. And um, But finally, as I got older, I've learned to respect him, and I tell him how how great of a father he is because mm-hmm. he is. I, couldn't, I can't ask for a better earthly yeah dad i mean he's been one of the best things in my life and you know over the past year me and him have bonded so much i mean 
But when I got sober, me and him started bonding. That's when the Lord started repairing mine and his relationship. So even all that, and me and him just, even to this day, we still joke about that when he came into the hospital and he wanted to pull the plug on me. Uh, But like, we still joke about it. I didn't know that part. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think we missed that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, that was a confidence thing that now everybody knows. Um... (laughs) But no, it, you know, me and him have such a good relationship and we have bonded so much. And I respect him for all the things yeah. that he did because the things that he did was hard. Yeah. Having to leave his family to go on this calling that the Lord had him yeah. to do. A lot of people can't do that. Yeah. Uh, it makes me think of Nicodemus in the Bible, you know. Yeah. It was just like, uh, you, you have to leave everything to follow me. Yeah. And Nicodemus was like, I, nope. Ain't doing it. And now the Lord's been restoring all that. He's been restoring every single aspect of it. Yeah, everything in our family. Yeah. Like, you know, and you know, the family that you lost but you've yeah. gained with yeah. us. You know, the the family that um you know, John Mark and his family, yeah. you know, uh, me and my family. There's yeah. all these things that people from the outside, if they were looking in through the glass, yeah. seeing how dysfunctional we were, would have been <laughs> like, There is no hope for these people. Yeah. But thankfully hope's not up to them. Yeah. Thankfully, forgiveness isn't up to them. Yeah. Grace isn't up to them. That's yeah. up to the Lord. So the mess the Lord saw, mm-hmm. he was just like, man, just a little bit longer, and I can do whatever I want with yeah. this. And then I can make it such a great, masterful work of art. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, look where we all na- yeah. are now. I mean, It's, it's wonderful. Um, like, we're all tell good. us a little bit about what's happened with you since the point that the Lord really delivered you from alcoholism and uh, redirected your path for the future. Um, well... Since then, well, f- first of all, the girl that originally rejected me when I was 18 is now my wife. <laughs> um, you know, and we got, uh, I, was, I was sober for about a year, mm. a year and a half probably, before me and her re-met. Um, and it was crazy how that worked. It she was maybe the only girl that rejected you because I remember all the girls were kind of after you. Yeah, it was a super hot topic. <laughs> yeah, I don't think um, rejection was a big thing in your yeah, life. Was it? It was which was so shocking because it's not like I was handsome. I mean, I was tall. I've had that going. You know, I'm six foot four so that was always a, a, a good thing for me. And uh, But I, I wasn't, uh, you know, I was like 300 pounds. So I was kind of I wasn't a desirable um, but so I met her originally when I was 18, rejected me. She wanted nothing to do with me. She didn't know who I was. And I liked that, mm-hmm. you know, because we were at a conference and she was like, I don't know who you are. And I was like, I have to be with this girl. <laughs> you know, in any other context, that would sound a little dysfunctional. But in your case, the Lord used that oh, in yeah. your life to get you where no, you No, everything to be. about my life sounds dysfunctional until you know me. And then you're like, oh, no, it works. It works. You know, yeah. so, um, Same puzzle, all the pieces just up. Yeah, 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 exactly. It, well, it's kind of like whenever I, f- I finally met her again, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and I was, she was like, oh, my name's Celestine. I was like, oh, I know who you are, <laughs> you know. And uh, th- there was this guy with her at the time when they came here for the conference. You know, this was, was uh, over nine years ago. That's how long we've been married. Awesome. Um, but, you know, so they were kind of a thing, and I was just like, it's not right, but I have to end this. I have to break this up. Um, like her relationship yeah, she was in? Yes. It had to happen. Um, 
you know, before they let, and I and I just kept trying to, you know, talk to her. She didn't really want anything of me, but I made it known that I liked her. You know, yeah. I wasn't hiding my feelings, but I wasn't trying to be a jerk or be Very too. Persistent. You know, I was I was I was being respectful. Um, yeah. But now I get to tell it in the way that I want to tell it. Also, she's not here and can't stop me. Um, <laughs> but they were about to leave, go back to Hawaii, and uh, the guy she was with was sitting right next to her and so I came up to her I was like hey you know I just want you to I would love to stay in contact you know get to know you more and I was like but I did see the ring on your finger are you married are you engaged and she was like well it's complicated and the guys remind you sitting right there and she was like well it's complicated and I was like it doesn't have to be complicated (laughs) and so me and him were about to throw down in the tabernacle in front of God and everybody but we didn't um Oh, and uh, but yeah, so followed her to Hawaii, basically the next week. Um, so you stalking did. works, yeah. And so that's what everybody <laughs> needs to know. Um, I didn't realize you went the next week. Yeah, yeah, uh, the next week. I don't think I've heard this whole story before. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we, basically uh, after the conference was done, the head of the starting the year off right conference was done. I, I went up to Dad's office. Right now. No, it wouldn't <laughs> to soften the blow <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then when she watches this, she'll. <laughs> I'm gonna be in trouble. So, um, uh, but yeah. So you know what they into, say if you're already in trouble. <laughs> go ahead and do it. But went into Dad's office and was like, "Hey, I need a, I need to get a plane ticket to Hawaii." And he was like, "What for?" I was like, "I've got to go there to get my wife." And he just looked at me and he was like, "Okay." <laughs> and we got the plane Josh ticket. Black. And then Josh Black went yeah. with me. Uh, and um, so we get to Hawaii and. Her dad wanted her to meet. Uh, her dad wanted her to marry a either I think I think it was a Hawaiian guy or a Samoan guy or something. But when he met me, and it's it's not me boasting yeah. in it or whatever. But I was very I was after I quit drinking, I gained a lot of respect for yeah. other people, and um, I I try Your to treat yeah, yeah my elders. I try to you know say yes sir yes ma'am and yeah. I try to be respectful. And uh, so when I met him. I was very respectful to him, and I shook shook his hand and did all these things, and you know, and he wasn't used to it. I guess I'm not too sure, but he just took one look at me, and he was just like, "Yeah, I, I like this." And he was like, "Hey, so," and he's big Samoan guy, mm-hmm. and so he looked at me, and he was just like, "Hey, so," um, I heard that you're hitting on my daughter, and I was like, "I'm about to get beaten up and thrown in the the ocean." I was just, "I'm just, I'm going to disappear, and nobody's going to know what happened to me." <laughs> And uh, he was like, and I was like, well, sir, with all due respect, I'm, I don't hit. I've got zero game, but I like your daughter a lot. And he was like, okay, well, I like this, and basically gave me his blessing, and I pursued her for the next week. Didn't tell her that I liked her. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure enough, after that, 28 days later, we were engaged. So, I mean... When you know, you know. But whenever I told everybody that we were engaged, you know, 28 days of being together, they were all looked at me like, if it was someone else, we would tell you to be careful. But since it's you, yeah, it kind of makes sense. And I was like, I didn't know how to take that, but I took it as a compliment. 
So Isaac, you've uh, shared all of these things with us, and it just really illustrates the work that the Lord did in your life from the point uh, you know, where you got saved and the alcoholism broke and he brought you Celestine and you got married. Uh, tell us a little bit about what happened after that, the ministry that the Lord led you into through the gym and, and up here. Yeah. Um, so after we got married, we started the uh, Shiloh Fitness Gym, which was actually Ike and Teens at the time. Um, and through that, we we used it as an opportunity to kind of minister to people and, you know, um, tell people our story because um, a lot of people loved how we met and and we always were able to give it back to God and just yeah. be like, well, it was because of the Lord that he, he truly did bring us together. Um, and so, yeah, we used the gym as a ministry, but then the Lord kind of started taking us out of the gym once we got established there and brought us into uh, different parts of this place. And we've seen this place develop over the many years being here to what it is now. And um, and what's, what's so great about it is that, you know, w- we now have, you know, just like we have this show. And this show's, you know, super awesome. And we do our Shabbat things. And we do... So it's through the Shiloh Fitness Gym, it's you kind of see people grow mm-hmm. and everybody who has come through that gym has gone on to a different aspect of the church Part of the ministry yeah. yeah yeah and it's so it's 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 kind of a bringing in thing but it's sort of a it's a healing thing for a lot of people yeah. um you know there's somebody that works there right now they're going through something but they uh they're being healed yeah just by being able to fellowship with people so it's very much a fellowship kind of ministry you just come there and you just fellowship and you just enjoy yeah. each other's company it's kind of neat how the ministry up here overall has so many different facets that people are involved in and uh, it's like watching the lord just find the right spot to oh, see yeah. somebody in and begin to deal with them and uh, break down the issues in their life yep. and then move them on to an even stronger place in the ministry and like yeah. just like isaac said we see people go from different parts and we've seen how the lord's used you and celestine through illuminate uh through all of the theater production stuff and different things that go on uh, with the ministry as well and you've shared this testimony many times you know, yeah. from the stage and I've seen how much it's affected people yeah and th- and that's the, and that's a great thing that's once again why I love sharing it because as long as it reaches one person yeah. like that's that's, it. that's all that matters yeah. it's kind of like as long as I can make one person laugh in the day I've done my job yeah. like that is my <laughs> that's my calling that's uh, uh, and it plus it fills me with joy knowing somebody laugh but yeah you know through all this I mean through the through, through the alcoholism through uh, taking somebody who was such a wreck who mm. probably should have been dead a long time ago mm. I mean the Lord spoke to me last year he was like you're no longer on you know you're not on borrowed time so stop telling yourself that mm-hmm. you're not on borrowed time you're on my time because mm-hmm. I mean the the Lord's the author of that mm-hmm. stuff he's the author of time he gets to if somebody's gonna stay or if somebody's gonna mm-hmm. go you know if he wants to, to keep you alive, he's going to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's just the bottom line. But, I mean, he, he gave me a wife. He gave me two kids. Mm-hmm. He gave me all these different opportunities. I mean, and uh, the most recent thing, as of last year, it was, um, you know, I got asked to be a part of this Iona portal. Robert Heidler's. Robert Heidler's Iona portal. They're turning Look, it into a series. Under his pen name. Um, what's his pen name on it? McNeil? Something like that. I want to say that. Yeah. So you guys just finished filming the uh, yes. trailer for that, didn't you, out in Dallas? Yeah, so we finished filming the trailer, and uh, quite honestly, 
probably the hardest I've ever worked in my life. Um, it was long days. It was and nights too, wasn't it? And nights, yeah. the The first night, it, we had to I we had to be there by two p.m. and work until about two a.m. and my bedtime's nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. So I can't do it. <laughs> no, and it wasn't even a lot of coffee because if I drink too much coffee, my it heart stops working goes crazy. Yeah, yeah, it just stops working. Like mm-hmm. and, it makes it worse. You know, and then you just get jittery and start saying funky things, and I already say weird things, so. <laughs> I don't need the coffee to help that, um, but yeah. So it was, so it was a long first day, and I was like, "Man, this is, this is exhausting," and it gave me actually a more more respect for actors. Um, it looks like you're headed that direction. I don't know. I'm just the dude that's disguised as the dude that's playing the other dude. Um, but you're like, I think you're the. I can't imagine a better character. person to have portray that book series than yeah. you. And yeah, yeah. We're so, really proud of you in that. That's well, I appreciate cool. it, but you know, and I just try to stay humble, and I, you know, I don't want to. If if it wasn't for the Lord, I wouldn't be in this position, you know, because the whole reason why they asked me to do it in the first place was because of the clockwork production that we did last year and that's what kind of ramped it up and they saw your ability you like your acting right. ability i remember ability. that that was a production that took yeah. place here at yeah. the church and that was just incredible yeah and um which it wasn't all me i mean the lord totally gave me that song but if it wasn't for you know justin reyna and illuminate and even glory of zion to let us do it here then none of it would ever happen so i mean but it goes back to you know everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. and the Lord is in complete control 100% of the time and a lot of the times we think that he's not and we're like do you know what you're doing yes he always knows what he's doing Mm -hmm. it's you that just have to be patient in prayer and just know that he's going to follow through he's always going to follow through you just have to commit your actions to the Lord and he will set your path straight amen that is a great closing statement is there anything left you'd like to minister to our audience um I mean for everybody that's going through addictions, that has, you know, kids that are going through addictions, uh, if you're going through something yourself, there's always going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. But, you know, you you have to push through it and let the Lord truly do a work in your life. Um, that's the start because the Lord does not interfere with your free will. Yeah. That is has always been the thing and something that I had to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, as at a young age I always thought, well, if God's so great, then why doesn't he just fix the problem? Mm-hmm. No. He doesn't interfere with your will. That's the whole point of Jesus coming and dying for us. Mm-hmm. It's to give us the the free will to choose to follow him, to choose to love him, to choose to let him do a work in our lives. Yeah. Amen. And so, once again, yeah, if you commit your actions to the Lord, he'll set your path straight. So, you know, I just pray for um, anyone who's going through those problems and uh, if you have kids, you know, just lift them up and give, them, give your problems to the Lord because he's listening. Amen. Thank you for joining us. And I know that you have a friend or you have a family member or somebody who needs to hear this testimony. And so I encourage you to share it and let's get the message out.